When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Comedy Album Book Club. This past spring, my wife Heather and I traveled to the United Kingdom for a road trip from London to Glasgow. During our visit, we had the opportunity to sit with Rosie and Nicola Dempsey, also known as Flo and Joan. Rosie and Nicola were born and raised in Britain, but visited North America to study improv and sketch comedy before settling for a time in Toronto. When not traveling, exploring the Dufferin Mall, or working as a butcher, they were studying at I.O. in Chicago, as well as Second City and Bad Dog Theatre Company in Toronto. Nicola worked as a musical director in Toronto's Second City Training Centre, and Rosie as a member of Second City's House Company. The duo had a viral hit with their song 2016, which racked up over 47 million views on YouTube and was featured on Funny or Die, Comedy Central, and The A.V. Club. They have since returned to London, from which they stage frequent tours. They are in fact on tour right now with shows at the Players Theatre in Thame, tomorrow, November 15th, and upcoming shows at the Players Theatre, Norwich Playhouse, the Lowry in Salford, and the Stables in Milton Keynes, all coming up in November. Not content only to tour, they have also recorded performances for Horrible Histories, This Hour Has 22 Minutes, and a special for Amazon, Flo and Joan, Alive on Stage, available for purchase or streaming on Amazon right now. I ask you forgive the sound. We recorded this over an outdoor brunch at a London cafe where children were playing, and in true British weather fashion, it was interrupted by rain. Additionally, due to the gremlins in the machines over the Atlantic, I'm sorry to say we lost a few minutes. That said, this is still a great conversation, touching on the challenges of performing in Canada versus the United States or the United Kingdom, talent traveling across the Atlantic, and musical and comedy influences. Thanks once again to Nicola and Rosie for taking the time to sit with us, and please enjoy this interview with Nicola and Rosie Dempsey, also known as Lowen Jones. Something that still holds up, still makes you laugh, yeah. like after that long. Yeah, they're really, um, they're so they really hold up. I mean, some stuff you're like, um, but I think for the, the people that they use, I think were sort of, they were kind, they were mainstream people. They weren't sort of putting on alternative. I guess no, maybe they were doing. I think the alternative comics were sort of doing something else. 
Um, but yeah, they were sort of mainstreamy kind of people. Yeah. What were the name? What's the name of the Victoria one? Victoria Wood one, where she does the um, fitness lady. Oh, I think it's called. I think it's just called Victoria Wood Live. I've got it on my phone, but I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Um, They're like filmed ones. Comedy albums. I just downloaded the Steph Tolev one. Yeah. And you've, you've listened to it, I've listened haven't you? To it, yeah. I've and got her it. first one as well. I haven't listened to her first one, I don't think. I saw it's it good. live. Um, do you know what? I don't think comedy albums are a bigger thing in the no. UK as they are in America either. Yeah. Yeah, it's, we, so much too. it's more like a TV special that will go yeah. and then you watch it. So yeah. if you have a TV. TV special, it's probably been recorded live anyway. Um, I think definitely the Victoria Wood ones. Um, home and be like oh it's that one um, <laughs> you watched the Billy Connolly the other day I watched Billy Connolly's one that was amazing yeah um, <laughs> yes. kids are dying it was so quiet center out here. Sat down. there was literally no one here um, <laughs> it's just us such you a draw a crowd I do I guess I'm wearing Gap kids so I guess they just smell it <laughs> um, oh, what was I watching uh, Billy Connolly that was amazing um, I just had one in my head and I, oh the first the first DVD box set I ever bought of like five specials was Eddie Izzard and I oh, just yeah. sat I think I was like 14 or 15 and a friend of mine really liked them his, his use of language is so meticulous and yeah. per- it's just beautiful to watch yeah, yeah. it's the first weird comedy I think I'd ever watched where I was I felt a bit stupid but not in like a stupid way in a way of like oh I need to like really nut up on the world yeah and he was just it was just brilliant it was definitely like my first comedian who wasn't on television yeah and just a bit of a weirdo where I was like oh I like what you do I really was really drawn to him cool. I still have them. I still watch them so um, uh, you both sing and I've seen you both play recorders and yes. you play the piano yeah. uh, what what's your musical background so we both had that's, that's how I feel about it now <laughs> Um, we, our mum put us both in sort of piano lessons and stuff when we were younger. Mm-hmm. I think for like things to do after school. Um, and because she, our mum plays the piano and is a musician, um, not professionally, just sort of for the lols. And uh, so we both sort of had piano lessons and went through various different. I start with piano, you quit. Yeah, um, I did grade one. <clears throat> Smashed it. Yeah. Did very well. I have to go past you that. Ne- <laughs> I've done piano. <laughs> Next. Teach at six. Yeah. Um, and then we both sort of cycle through a couple of other things. So like, I played the cello. Mm-hmm. Our mum was like, when we got to secondary school, she was like, you can choose one big instrument that you can, that can be your thing. And I was always desperate to play the trumpet and you had the cello. So it was, you had your one, your one big thing. Um, and we sort of did it for a few years. I can, I lost a bit of faith. I just wasn't that fantastic at it. And I think you didn't want to try. When you're like 14, there are so many other things in the world that you're like, well, I'm not good at it. I don't want to do it. Yeah. As opposed to, I'm, I'm not, not good at it. I want to get better. I wish I'd stuck with it. Oh, we tried I to get wish. it into shows and it's just not. We've tried to put the trumpet into shows. <laughs> We've tried it twice and it's just not working. <laughs> I'd love to. Now, you, you um, sort of touched on the um, British history of comedy and there seem like from an outsider, it seems like there's more of a tradition of musical comedy here with like pantomimes and Gilbert and Sullivan yeah. and all of that. Uh, is that a fair assumption, do you think? I think so. Yeah. I think it's, we have such a great 
thing here. There's, we're touring at the moment, and there's a theatre in every single town because they've been here since like the 1900s. Because I think Music Hall and Variety Theatre yeah. was such a huge thing here, and it's just carried on. So variety, um, like a variety of comedy, is available to watch on television and live and things like that. And I think it definitely comes from the kind of musical and like Gilbert and Sullivan and that kind of stuff, yeah. that history. And thank God we've just like held on to it, and so people really do embrace all kinds of weird and wonderful stuff and like that makes it into the mainstream as well so everyone can see it yeah I think as well it started from didn't start but from the wartime Mm-hmm. Lots of this, the things that entertainment during the war was huge, and lots of wartime songs and people going to entertain the troops and things like yeah. that. Which, it, and then after the war, people needed to cheer up, and you had all these theatres around that hadn't been bombed, so people would go and do shows in these music halls that were still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, ca- yeah, there's definitely a, like a real theatrical. We've got so many theatres in the UK. Yeah. Um, not all of them are surviving, but there's, there's uh, yeah, entertainment in the UK is huge, and yeah. TV entertainment. Yeah. Your Friday and Saturday nights were often like I, we used to stay in on Saturday nights to watch the lineup of TV from like six <laughs> yeah. till ten pm. Yeah, it was amazing. Do you thought how's the comedy world different here than it is in Toronto? If, I mean. Canada doesn't seem to value its comedians in a lot of ways, I find. Um, I'm guessing it's a better audience here and it's more receptive to things like musical comedy. I think so. I think that um, they... I think the problem in Canada was like the expanse of it because it's so massive so it's difficult for your comedians to tour and like we can get up to like Newcastle and back in the day to do a show which you can't visit every end of your country in a small amount of time which means that then people don't get to see it as much as here and then I think that they it might also be like that it's cheap to do but we film a lot of comedy and put it on TV uh, because it doesn't cost very much money I I think I don't know I'm not an expert on that kind of um, and we don't have I don't they don't import as much American comedy as I think they do in Canada yeah. and I think that when you've got all of that stuff available to you it's it shouldn't be but it's people would rather go with a banker they don't want to take risks when they don't have very much money yeah. so they see that uh, the big bang theory does well in the states so they're like oh we'll just put that on like, yeah. oh invest in your talent but then yeah. when you look at things like uh, like Baroness von Sketch Show and Kim's Convenience yes. and Shit's Creek and all those kind of things that are blow like you put them online you get them on Netflix and people are just inhaling them so you ho- I hope with my whole heart that people in Canada see that their stuff does well outside of it and choose to invest more time in it that this is this ideal world that we all live in where everything you want to happen happens and <laughs> people invest in their own talent instead of outsourcing it yeah, yeah. guys want to go in straight yeah um, now you play a bunch of different genres in your, your act. There's the pop kind of music, there's folk, patter songs even. Like how when you're when you're constructing a bit, how do you figure out, okay, this is gonna work as sort of like a patter song kind of situation, or this is gonna work as a traditional English folk tune? <laughs> you sort of know, it's often uh, what this song is about. Um, like for example if the song is about coffee 
Coffee is about being keeping you awake. You know it's probably going to be a fast, quippy song. But if it's about feeling tired, you know it's going to be... Or, you, or, you, the or the reverse, where it's song about being tired and it's going to be extremely fast. Um, often what you're talking about dictates the, um, dictates the song. With the folk song... When the tradition of folk is storytelling and it's often quite slow and it's often you add a bit of information or it's the story of someone going through something so we there's like a few games going on there that it's you're adding extra bits but the bits you're also adding are the same begin with the same letter um, I think we'd at the with that song in particular you've had a piece of music and said I want to write a song in this style yeah and I had a piece of song that was like about a harvest or something and it was just a man on a guitar singing about the harvest is coming and it's just it's long slow weird song yeah. about the harvest and I've been to a show and all I'd heard was the words the lady in the woods and he's like oh this is I couldn't tell you what the scene was about it wasn't about a lady in the woods yeah. but they just said the words the lady in the woods and was like okay I'm going to bank that and hold on to that <laughs> and it was just that was a marriage of like two and it wrote itself quite quickly I think Yeah. Um, but sometimes we'll start from genre as well of I want to write a song that sounds like this what would be a cool thing that fits with it um, and sometimes it doesn't work and you'll sort of play around with the genres instead so we'll sort of try something in a different style to see if that's uh, that's why the song wasn't working uh, and it might just also be that the song was never funny and it doesn't matter what style of music you put to it it was never going to work yeah. the Lady in the Woods what I loved about that bit or that song was it just the escalation comedically is so natural and so but it, the payoff is so great every time it just, it just is like oh, oh where, where's it going to go next yeah. and it just is like so intensely satisfying every time you up the stakes in the song yeah. like, it, my favourite thing is oh, sorry my favourite thing is where the audience are like we know the game we know like at, there's one point we, we add a, I think it's where we add the word bilingual I think the audience are like okay we get it and then as soon as you say there's more it, like for whatever reason it, that's, that, that, that didn't used to be in the song it used to just yeah. go all the way through but it was the, there's more bit that like gave it the extra bit yeah um, and also when we did it in we wrote it when we were in Toronto um, and it used to it was an eight minute song it was so much longer and in Toronto they just couldn't get enough like every single thing you added they just lost their minds and then we brought it back to the UK to preview it before we went to Fringe and after five minutes they lost they were into it and then at five minutes were like that's enough we understand <laughs> so it's now the version that we do now is a lot shorter than the original because Toronto I don't know whether it's that they liked listening to the style or our accents or what it was yeah. but English the English people audiences lost after five minutes yeah. like, no thank you you're like we get it yeah we, we understand um, now, now you've done Fringe uh, one of your albums uh, Victory Flaps was based on your Fringe show yeah. Um, yeah so what's that experience like like how is it how, how, how is it flying how is it interacting with other acts what's, what's it like there it's mad you're you're smashing your face into a wall <laughs> uh, Victory Flaps was that was the first time we went to it, yeah we'd, we'd just been we'd been living in Toronto doing this we'd just been writing songs in between working and just doing gigs in Toronto 
there was no we we weren't writing to go to the Edinburgh Fringe, which now we are. Yeah. Our whole year is building up to Edinburgh Fringe. Edinburgh Fringe is finished. You reset. You write again for Edinburgh Fringe. Because Fringe is like a it's like a car show for comedians where you put everything you have on display and you hope that people come and see it and then they put you in a thing or they hire you to talk or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was a fun show because everything we were writing was we were writing musical comedy for the first time. So everything was fun. Uh, and we you weren't writing with the pressure of having to put together. So when we went to, we had an hour of music, so when we went to Edinburgh Fringe, it was a free venue. So we didn't have to pay production fees or anything like that. So you literally go to turn up, hope that the audience might come in. You haven't, you haven't promised them anything because they're not paying for a ticket. You just sing your songs and hope that people enjoy it and hope that they bring more people back. We had a really great time and our audience has got bigger and bigger, which was such a good sign that yeah. you're doing something right. So that means people are telling other people to come. And because we'd never done any comedy in the UK ever, we started doing Flo and Joan in Toronto. So we had no... I mean, we didn't have a following in Toronto. People just knew us because we were around. But going to the UK, knowing no one, and just crossing your fingers that people will come on the promise that your poster doesn't look like it was made in Microsoft Paint. <laughs> and that you sort of said to someone, we're not, we promise we're not bad. Um, and you just hope that someone comes. And so when they do, yeah, those audiences get bigger. It's a nice, like, okay, we're not... We're not delusional. We might not be terrible at this. Or at, least, at the very least, people will tolerate everyone out. Yeah. <laughs> the flyering is horrible. Yeah. Have you ever had to fly a show? Yes, uh, I've done Toronto Fringe, which doesn't oh, compare, no. but it's, uh, it's still it's, it's kind of that, like, times yeah. a thousand. But it's still the, the it's exact same feeling of having to sell a show that you're in and tell people, it's humiliating telling people that, please like me. Yeah. I think this is good. I and mean, then, come and make up your mind, but I think you should, you should maybe yeah. come. And then to, like, two metres down the road, you see your flyer that you just handed someone like trampled yeah. into the rain like oh. yeah it was the first time we'd ever like really had to sell ourselves at all yeah there were some days where we just wouldn't fly and be like I can't I can't do this today it's raining yeah. there's no one here it is what it is yeah and we know it's our fault yeah <laughs> now we're, we're this is our fourth one going in and it's completely different it's, I mean still the same emotional stress but a different experience in that we have a producer now so they we had we had one last year as well and they literally you just turn up and play this like they'll put everything there the, the keyboard up for you and they fly it for you I mean you're paying a lot of money yeah. to have yeah. it it's, it's, not, yeah, it's, it's not out of the goodness of their hearts yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we owe them a lot um, but it's a, yeah it's, it's like the other side of the the first year that we did it you don't have to fly at all like the first year you, I, I bought a jacket that had big pockets so I could put all my leaflets in the pocket big bag you constantly got a backpack carrying all your leaflets around anyone you talk to you have to you feel like you have to give them a leaflet now you don't even have to mention that you're Flo and Joan right. I mean that's on us as well I mean we should don't do <laughs> but we need to do our bit as well yeah yeah but it's just a different a different way of doing the fringe have you thought of doing other like I know Australia they have a, a, a pretty great fringe presence there and and like there's the sort of fringe circuit have you thought of doing other other fringe shows we just did um, we're just well I say we're just back we're, we were just in Melbourne for the comedy festival um, 
built That's bigger. That's where we saw Wolverine That's where we saw Wolverine But that was similar to Edinburgh that we were brought out to do that. Um, but we had friends who, I think Melbourne lands in a way that Adelaide Fringe is just before the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So a lot of people will do Adelaide, then do Melbourne, and then they go and do the sort of Sydney um, Festival. We've not, we've never said no. To, like we've never said we won't do it. I'd love to do, I'd love to do the Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney next year. Yeah, people say that Winnipeg Fringe is really it's good big, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I have a couple of friends who do it and they, they yeah. just love it. Yeah, yeah. lots of people go, don't yeah. yeah, yeah. And Edmonton, is that a good one? Yeah, yeah Edmonton's a pretty big theatre town. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, th- I think it's one of those situations again where it's like, you know, there, there's nothing else to do. Yeah. So you go to the theatre. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, you, you can't, like, have all these distractions. So yeah, so, yeah. And, yeah. And, yeah it's pretty good. Like, there's this one Australian act that we saw at Fringe event originally. By Rotten Punk, who are like they're hilarious. They're a parody of the White Stripes. So it's the Red Dog. They're German. They're German. But they're really they're Australians who are pretending to be brother and sister. Otto and Astrid. Yes. 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 We just did gigs with them in Melbourne. Yeah. Like they're on the drums. Yes. They were hilarious. Like they're just brilliant. I I I met them when I was renting gear for my friend's show, uh, and they were just renting gear next to me, and they're like, "Oh, you should come out." So and then I'm like. Well, it was amazing. Really yeah, we've yeah. seen them every time they've been in Toronto since. Yeah. Uh, they're That's just so terrific. Good. Do they just do what they do with the fringes? Is that yeah, yeah. Like I think now they're doing this stuff with a circus in yeah. Australia. They said that. They said something yes, to do with the collaboration. But yeah, so they were touring that. Uh, Toronto Fringe doesn't really work out for a lot of artists. They, it's not it's quite, really. Yeah, it feels a little bit clinical sometimes. Yeah. I've, everything I've seen there, I've, I've loved. But you have to. Not so, everyone gets in. There's a lot of. Um, I mean, all fringes are kind of like that but I mean the Toronto one is just it doesn't always I, I don't for whatever reason it's not as much of the fringe circuit as, yeah. as a lot like Winnipeg yeah. is yeah. it's a film festival I think yeah. like, it's yeah. festival, it's so it sort of takes over that sort of yeah. festival yeah. mentality yeah. of the city and, and it's, it's like right by pride as well so there's so yeah. many other things going on that it's really like true. sucks the air out of it yeah. which you think it would like oh this is while you're here for this come and see this yeah but, it's yeah. funny because it's we've both done not as Flow and Joan but have been involved in sort of fringe shows were involved in fringe shows in Toronto in various capacities and it it feels like the general public don't go out to see things in the same way that they do at other fringe which is so annoying and so frustrating that it's amazing as an artist as an artist I hate that word but like to go and uh, to see other people's stuff um, but then it is just people doing stuff for other like artists doing stuff for other artists where you're like this is it's so good but so many more people should be seeing than they are. And that seems like Toronto in a nutshell. Though. Yeah, like the so audiences true. in Toronto, like, at least for theatre, it's like theatre lovers, but there's not a lot of general public yeah. outside of that. Yeah. Um, the comedy scene seems to be getting increasingly better, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what, like, I think the comedy bar and like, Bad Dog Theatre and yeah. stuff, they seem to be creating a more of a community of people they're like yeah. comedy where every time I go there it's packed yeah you know, and they have it's never that many co- like considering Toronto is a major city there aren't that many venues to go and see comedy no. you've got the it's Yuck Yucks like, and yeah. Comedy Bar and Ampity Bad Dog and Absolute like five or six yeah. that you know I mean there's like open mic things but yeah. like establishments yeah, yeah. yeah. for comedy lovers I think a lot of people think of Yuck Yucks as a place to go like, for a date yeah. yeah but like I think the true comedy yeah. people don't think of Yuck Yucks as a place no. to go no. 
comedy yeah. bar. Yeah. 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 I think a friend of ours was in a friend of ours, probably everyone we know was in comedy bar one night for whatever reason. And like Eric McCormack from Will and Grace was there. Like yeah. it's just a cool venue where like cool people like all puppet, not that he was there to do a set. <laughs> but uh, that cool people just come and do they that's where you go to see real cool comedians. Yeah. Just like turn up and do a bit and then more time. Cool. <laughs> it's, uh, I've been. Have you ever? You've been to New York. Have you been to the Comedy Cellar? We didn't go to the Comedy Cellar. No. We went to one thing. We got I tricked into going into a not very good place. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what that's a trailer. Like, oh, you know, so and so will pick beer now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, the, the, I get similar feeling from the Comedy Cellar as I do at the Comedy Bar, yeah. where it's a place that, where it's like, it sounds a little wanky, but. I, we've done this the NBC tour a bunch of times. Yeah. My earliest comedy experience was Saturday, like Saturday yeah. Night Live. And I lived on the West Coast. We'd get it over the air. Yeah. So it was at a time when in kindergarten I was watching Eddie Murphy yes. at a far too impressionable age. Yeah. Um, and so going there is sort of like going to the Vatican for me. It's like this is like yes. this, this church. Yeah. But then when you know go to a place like a comedy bar or the comedy cellar, it's more like a it's like a home shrine kind yeah. of thing. It's just yeah. this pure love yeah. of comedy. So whereas like NBC is like this is formality, but that's like the gritty people trying out new stuff yeah. and just just making it or flopping hard and yeah, embracing yeah. the moment. Yeah. And that's I find that so much more powerful as yeah. comedy. Yeah. That's the thing that I think helped us so much in Toronto. I'm not putting us on the same level of huge like huge comics you go into try stuff out but there was no risk so we could just bum around on a stage for 15 minutes try new things there was no pressure but everyone was so supportive and just enjoys watching people work stuff out like you get to a point where you have tested their patience but they're like are you going to say anything funny like, oh, I'm so sorry um, but it is like it's a place where kind of nerds and enthusiasts go and enjoy watching people just figure their stuff out and then also absolutely destroying a crowd yeah. and then there's such a nice there's, it sounds patronizing now that I don't know that, but there's such a nice a pride of watching people succeed there. People are so proud of everyone doing well. There's never, as far as I'm aware, I might be wrong, but like there's, everyone is so excited to watch people move to LA and do a spot on Kona or like move to New York and start writing. Yeah, and it's so nice. The Junos this year, I like, I'm, they, we had like Dave Marhaji who moved to, moved to the States. Um, oh. What's her name? Deborah Giovanni also moved to the States. So those are two big comedians, but like the love between all of those like nominees, and we got to talk to all of them, and like they're just it's just such positivity in the Toronto comedy community, and it's like this is kind of nice. Yeah. I wonder if it's because there's not as much opportunity. So I feel like here it's maybe a little bit more. It's competitive. A little bit more competitive. Not in an aggressive way, but in a, there's more opportunity to get to do radio and TV. So you want to be, you're going for those things that you can see happening. I wonder if, I don't know, but I wonder if in Toronto the opportunities are less, so it takes a bit of the edge off of having to gun for anything you can get people were just a bit more like working stuff out and just doing it because they love doing it yeah. I, I don't know I, I, I don't know cause neither of us have been in that position of yeah being on that being on that no. side of it we only were doing it for a couple of years and just essentially pissing around um, but uh, yeah I wonder if that if it's different in that way yeah yeah 
people so in Toronto if somebody you hear a comedian oh they went to LA to us that means like oh my god they made it big they're in LA yeah. so yeah. Um, being based out of the UK what would that point be for you that location where you're like well they made it they're in this place what would that be for you would that be considered outside the UK America I think people they would think it was cool if you made it in if you went to New York and did mm-hmm. or like, I think if you make it in the UK but this is it I think it's less oh you've gone there and you've done this thing it's yeah. oh they just got live at the Apollo or they've just done <laughs> Live at the Apollo is the Live at the Apollo is a big one or they've just got a sitcom like they've yeah. just got a sitcom or they've just started uh, I think Live at the Apollo is probably the big one yeah or just like any kind yeah Live at the Apollo any kind of special Comedy Central specials yeah. now that um, a couple of when they did Netflix did the Comedians of the World yeah. that was a big deal and um, a, uh, when they did the, the comedy I can't remember what they were called but they were like little 15 minute small um, oh yeah I think were they just Road called the stand ups or something like that yeah the stand ups um, yeah Mateo uh, Lane and, and yes, all of yeah. Yeah. yeah a guy um, who we sort of gig with a bit Phil Wang he was one of the first UK comedians I think to get any kind of Netflix um, that might be wrong so don't quote me on well don't quote me on it we're recording it um, but he, it was oh he's doing stuff for Netflix that which I think, I think is like the big goal for everyone but yeah. in the UK because we it's less um, it's less where you've physically gone and more of what have you what have you done right. yeah. um, and live I think live at the Apollo and things like that and uh, the big one that people are going for yeah, yeah I wonder I've been I wonder if it's I've, if people go to America and you see someone smashing it in America, I don't know if you. I don't know if you view it and be like, oh, they're like. I, I think because the UK is such a comedy haven, yeah. and lots of British comics are very British. So if you can smash your home audience, then you, then you're set. Yeah. It feels yeah. almost too like, like coming to Britain for a Canadian comedian would be like going to New York or LA to yeah. a certain degree yeah. as well. Like, yeah. I, I can't remember her name. She did a live at the Apollo. Catherine Ryan? Yes. Yeah. Huge. She's, yeah, like Canada, I'm like, you know, I knew of her yeah. because she was yeah. in Toronto for a while, right? Yeah. Like, but, you know, I didn't hear about her until she came. She's, I think, England. maybe like one of the biggest, certainly female, but like one of the biggest UK standouts right now. Yeah. I think one of the only, she's the only female comedian to have like a Netflix to have done a, a Netflix special she's got a second one coming out and now she's making a sitcom for Netflix yeah and she's, she's doing like um, she's doing a panel show with Jenny yeah. Carr where yeah. she was sort of like the recurring like counterpoint to yeah. that it's yeah like, absolutely and um, Mae Martin as well is another Canadian who came here and has just got um, is making a sitcom where like Lisa Kudrow is playing her mum and like she's uh, Mae Martin's just she was doing the she was one of the comedians of the world like another Canadian I don't know her, but like that came to the UK and is now like, yeah, this is what this is what I do now. And I think she then like she has the best of both worlds because she can go back and like I think she writes for Baroness as well. So wow, has that that, those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Now your material often has like very specific references, like the Dufferin Mall. Um, (laughs) I I used to literally when we started when we started dating. 
I was living like two streets down, so every time she'd come over to visit, we'd be like, I have to go to the mall. Yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, so, like, how do you handle that, those specific local references or cultural references when carrying material to audiences who might not be familiar with them? That was interesting because the, um, so, why, 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 which is the, the Deaf Friend, people call it, in Toronto, call it the Deaf Friend Warsaw, which I love. Um, when we, we, that was in our first show uh, that we took to Edinburgh, and we flipped it all to make it UK references. So I can't remember, I think it was like, we had, Little uh, Chef, which is like Jeff a, from Little Chef. Chef. Little Chef, Little Chef. <laughs> it's a like a cafe on motorway services. Yeah. Travelling, you stop in a Little Chef and get a greasy breakfast. Jeff from Little Chef. A Greg. Was the CN Tower? Oh yeah. It just any whatever it was. Whatever it didn't call. It was like yeah. it wasn't quite as funny. There's something about just saying Duff Room. Yeah, yeah. And because we funny. knew that you were really going there too, and it's yeah. just kind of like everybody <laughs> yeah. talks about it. It's kind of like, and everybody goes yeah. Duff Mall. You're like, oh, yeah. it's got the Walmart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We have lots of references. It's not glamorous, but it's good. No. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, I think from then, that was. It was annoying that it doesn't. It, it was one of our favorite songs, and it was really annoying that it just didn't work with UK stuff. I think for the most part. We we found it with Australia actually. For the most part, everything travels quite well. But for us, the annoying thing is if it's a specific reference, it's usually a punchline or it's there for a reason. Yeah. yeah. And so then when you switch it out, it just takes the edge off of things. So we're it's a double edge, not double short, but it's we don't travel too much. But it when you do, it is annoying to then lose edges. So yeah. you sort of want to be able to write universally so that you never have to change anything. But then you do lose the specificity, which is why things are particularly funny. Yeah, yeah. We just did, in Melbourne, we had to change. We'd been touring the touring our current show in the UK, and then took it, we took it to Toronto actually for the sketch fest. Yeah. And uh, I think there was like maybe eight eight or nine references that we had to change for Toronto. And we knew as soon as we get to Melbourne, it's going to be the same ones that we have to yeah. work out a different. Some of them you just keep in because it, the rhyme is so good, yeah. and it's going to pass. The rhyme will feel fulfilling. Yeah. You might not find it funny, but it will be like okay, they rhymed, which means it's the end of the first, yeah. which means we move on. But uh, in Melbourne, we had. Uh, uh, one of the punchlines is about a shop called Paper Chase in the UK and they didn't have that in Melbourne they had office works but it would be uh, the time has come we've earned our place to fuck shit up in Paper Chase so we're like we have to rewrite the two lines we're, yeah. we're, their equivalent was office works but it doesn't sound as, it's good no it's something funny about Paper Chase as well yeah. so, if the name is funny I was just thinking all the week I'm like I want to go but sometimes you should spark yeah. something in somebody that they're like what is that and then it's a little yeah. Yeah. still like that and you hear the word paper so you're like it's obviously a stationary shop yeah. um, we had to change it to uh, the time has come let's go berserk and fuck shit up in office work and it's just not as <laughs> funny it's all, it's it like work it works yeah. Yeah. they hear office works and they're like oh, they've adapted to the city now I saw I was at the sketch fest so I was actually you, you asked me which of you two I like better did I? and I totally froze up <laughs> you do that most people do freeze up it's, we, we were just saying the other day that it's such a horrible thing to ask the audience. <laughs> we try, we try and not be too mean. We don't. We don't go to the audience that much. Yeah. We try not to be mean. 
it's not fun to be mean to an audience. Parent. We're lovely both the same. Yeah. Lots of people say I can't choose. Yeah. And it's not like we pay the joke back at any point. We just like to <laughs> In the first two minutes, who do you think? And we, we've, um, we've changed it so we go to wi- women often will say who they prefer more. When you give it to a, when you ask a guy, I think they're a bit like, they think yeah, I don't want to choose between two women. They think yeah. it's a trick. Um, Which we've smart. found out 80% of the time the woman, the woman will give you or you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's very unfair of me to ask you. I was in the front row, so I was inviting that <laughs> <laughs> uh, But now you have a song in your set about people who who are negative towards musical comedy. Uh, do you find like with things like YouTube and like uh, Spotify or these platforms where people seem to be getting more and more musical comedy out there, that attitudes towards musical comedy are changing? Do you feel people are becoming more receptive to it? Like, I think it definitely helps. Things like YouTube. YouTube and that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's still... I think people only have to see one bad musical comedian to write everyone off. Um, in the same way, I think it's better now, but like, like not too long ago, people would see one bad, bad quotation marks female comedian and say, no female comedians are funny. Um, and I think it is still, we notice it like on mixed bills when we come out, that people do get nervous because it's, it can go, it can be bad. We can be bad as well. Like, like we're not the best people at it by any stretch. We can also not be great. And so I think it's, uh, it's still a thing that people are hesitant, hesitant towards, but if you can come out and smash it, or even in like the first 30 seconds, I think it relaxes people. Um, I don't think we're the people to open the world. <laughs> but even things like um, a Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and TV shows like that help so much, because Rachel Bloom is so good. That, oh, gosh. Um, the meticulous care she puts into every song. Yeah. And she's so open to people, too. Like, yeah. just on, on social media, she'll often just, like, start re- answering questions randomly while yeah. sitting in the makeup chair. Yeah. Um, and she talks about pro- the process of yeah. her creative work and it's like wow yeah she's the perfect oh, sorry. she's the perfect example of how you match genre with how you make the funniest song yeah sound the funniest uh, like the music does half the work and then the lyrics do the other half yeah. I think there, there's lots of musical comedy that it's, it's in their particular style but the lyrics are the main thing and you're just playing four chords behind which is often very funny um, she married, like she marries look, music is so important to her show yeah. um, I think people often think as well that uh, musical comedians are musicians who are like I'm going to give comedy a go as yeah. opposed to comedians who are also play an instrument and think well I'll, I can put the two together well it's, it's like um Oh, jeez, uh, Louise, I'm completely forgetting his name. Lair. Uh, oh, Tom Lair. Tom Lair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, you know, this is a I professor. I that one the other day. Well, it, you know, it's, and that again, like, killing pigeons in the park. That's and It's like, song. how dark? Yeah. How dark can you get? This guy's not, he's not a, he's like, not a professional comedian or a professional musician. Yeah. He's a professor of, like, math. Is he? Yeah. He's, he's, he's a genius. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, like, road scholar level yeah. genius. Yeah. And he says, like, ah, it's friend song tinkling away singing his songs at a party and they're like you should do that and he did it and yeah, he's like yeah. and when he was done he's like I'm done I'm never talking to anybody about yeah, this again yeah. and, and he's yeah. like withdrawn from yeah, yeah. that world but just pure genius 
and, and everything he did there. Yeah. And at a time when, like, some of the themes, like he did uh, uh, the Vatican... Sh- the Vatican rag. The Vatican yeah. rag. Yeah. Genuflect, genuflect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like, so good. It's just, and the masochism it, tango. The masochism tango, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it, and that, that thing where it's like, you know, this is somebody's bringing the skill yeah. to yeah. bear this on that. so... I watched a um, really grainy black and white um, film version of him. I think it's in, it's in like Germany, Germany or something like that. And, the, and it's really old and the audience are very conservative and giggling like shoulders are going but no one's like letting loose yeah. and he's just at a piano uh, and he does this his songs are all like two and a half three minutes and they're not huge like, songs yeah. and he'll sing the song about his opinion then he'll look round, back round to the audience and he'll say he'll do like half an hour of exposition then go back round <laughs> and he's doing that I think it ran for like an hour and ten minutes or something like that and not one point he's doing the same thing each time talking piano talking piano and it never gets boring our biggest fear and our shows is talking, talking, talking in between, and um, just sat at a piano. Is this boring for an hour? Like, no matter how good your songs are, aesthetically, this isn't that pleasing. Should just two people at the piano. He's like, I did not get, I did not get distracted at one point. It shakes it up a bit, and you're like, what's he doing now? And it kind of perks it back in. Yeah, because his songs are so every tied nightly, tied in a bow, and then moves on. Oh, I think he's brilliant. His rhymes are, yeah. Oh, and like the, the, I mean, you think, you think taking the periodic table and setting. Yeah. Get the music. Yeah. It's gonna be boring, but it's it's yeah. just genius. Yeah. And you see like Daniel Radcliffe decades later yeah, performing yeah, it on late yeah. night television. I'm like, okay, yeah. I I didn't really like him in Harry. I mean, he's fine in Harry yeah. Potter. He's a kid. Yeah. I love him now. Yeah. Like like you know, singing this on late night television to an American audience yeah. who yeah. have no idea who this guy is yeah. whose material he's performing. And it's just yeah. like, okay, I love you forever now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, last question. Uh, so I've done a lot of I've done some interviews with uh, like Courtney Gilmore who talked about their sort of craziest gigs uh, that they've done. So what's the craziest gig that you guys have ever played? Oh, crazy! So, so it could be like location or circumstance. Okay. Um, yeah, the first thing that pops my head. It was the most different show we played. We did a in Toronto. We did a 420 show, the 420 festival. Mm-hmm. And the room, we started and the room was hotboxed by the end. And I remember coming off stage with the driest I think we did 20 minutes. Yeah. And uh, we were still pretty new at that point, I think. So you're still just sort of playing. In, I think we played Lady Dinner. We did play Lady Dinner. There's a picture of us playing the recorders in front of the backdrop in the, uh, the club. is like a big marijuana leaf. And there's, it's us. As if a friend of mine was there, took a picture of the two of us playing the recorder in front of this huge marijuana leaf. Uh, put it on Facebook, and I think like my grade seven recorder teacher commented, "Like, I just still playing the recorder." Like, I was so high. <laughs> I remember coming on stage and being like, "I don't know where I am." Yeah. <laughs> two very white conservative British females doing yeah. hot box. <laughs> that was fun. Um, we did a. I don't, it's not, it, this isn't good crazy, but it's my favourite show yeah. in like a negative way that we've ever played. We did a corporate, uh, we did a corporate oh, game. Okay, yeah, that's um, and we'd had lots of really nice corporates and friends of ours were like, oh, corporate's terrible. And we're like, oh, this will be, it'll be fine. We're, they've always been great. Uh, and it was, uh, I forget what the event was, but everyone was stood up. There was, no, it was in like a huge building, no, uh, 
is in like a bank and the lights were up um, and we played our song uh, Cooler Than This so with like a bunch of recorders and they weren't they didn't like Linda they didn't like they weren't really into it they were just staring and just they, did, they were there to socialise they weren't there to see entertainment at all it was not one part of their evening do they think to work and then I'm here to do my thing again yeah, yeah. the ceilings were huge which yeah. is fantastic for comedy <laughs> uh, and the space was massive yeah. everyone was everywhere oh, there was no yeah. hub and we played Cooler Than This and one of the towards the end of it before we uh, bring out the big recorder we <laughs> Rosie shouts when I say we are you say cool we are silence we are silence when I say we have you say friends we have silence we have silence lots of silence and I have to like turn around to pick up my recorder and I couldn't I've never laughed so hard in my entire life knowing that this is this is our life right now it's screaming we are cool to yeah. people who are like you're not I don't want to be here I don't care what you're up it to it was for a mental health charity yeah. <laughs> a little bit of edge on that as well yeah. it would, the, the people who organised the, the evening were lovely yeah, and like, they, really, they took care of you but it just wasn't designed to yeah. do they, didn't, they could have taken our fee and put it towards the mental health charity <laughs> sounds like that, that you're glad you're a duel because what if you were oh just my alone gosh. you didn't have each other every and yeah. maybe it wouldn't be as, as funny like do you ever have do you ever think like thank god you're here yeah. every yeah, yeah. God damn it's it. often a work in progress it shows me you're trying out new material especially if you've traveled outside of london so you've got to get a train home by yourself yeah. if you've done a really bad new material like you see have each other to make each other laugh yeah yeah we'll be like yeah that was shit wasn't it yeah yeah it was and you can enjoy the shit together yeah and otherwise also, it's just you just going crazy being like I can't do this yeah I, I, I have so much respect for stand-ups and who, uh, who travel touring as well it's such a lonely can be quite a lonely thing and also but on the flip side of that it's nice with two of you when things are cool when you do get to do something where you're like this is amazing this is so it's nice to have another person to check in and be like what's happening right now I don't know it's cool though isn't it and like without you can do that with friends but at some point it becomes a brag yeah <laughs> um, and so you can take or you feel like you can't share it because it feels like you're bragging and you don't want to be telling other people these cool things so it's nice to have another person to be like that's pretty cool isn't it yeah, yeah we've got Chris in the green room yeah we've got Chris in the green room yeah. that's pretty sick yeah. <laughs> do, do you Moving think, up. Do you yeah. think like, as sisters it's a different dynamic as, as a duo then like how is that helpful to the, it makes a shortcut because it means yeah. that we when you don't like something there's no <laughs> yeah I was going to say there's also this sounds negative where it does it is negative but like there's no um, there's there's nothing to lose like we're always going this sounds cheesy but we're always going to be sisters there's no relationship to be lost by saying that rhyme is terrible how dare you bring this to me <laughs> um, which is not and it, it means that I think I can't I've never been in like a duo with another person but like it does feel like we get to move very quickly because there's a lack of preciousness and you don't have to sort of walk around things too much I think you can just be like that shit let's not do you like you can say to each other I didn't like I don't like that that's yeah. not fun. without being offensive offended because yeah. you can also predict what the other person's brain is we yeah. have the same brain exactly. we have the same DNA but you didn't have to get to know each other exactly <laughs> yeah. and we were raised on the same we both watched The Simpsons we both watched The Real yeah. Teenage Witch we both watched The Amanda Show our reference levels are the same and yeah. like we still have differences we watch different comedy and we enjoy different things so we're not we're not one person we're not twins yeah. also twins are not one person yeah. <laughs> there's like at least a little bit of separation there yeah. um, and we're still 
draw from different and with very different people. Yeah. But when it comes to what we enjoy making and singing about and doing, I think it's quite we're on the same page. Yeah. But with I think if we wrote our own shows, we wrote solo shows, we'd, they'd be so different. So the the fun of this and the, the very difficult part of this is having to find the group, the the shared like there's so many diagram, songs we can't do. Yeah. Like we're finding that little bit in the middle. Uh, which does prove quite it does prove quite hard because um, there's only like out the 100% of ideas you have only 10% of them really work between the two of us because uh, you have to find out to make your brain sit on that same level um, there's so many songs we want to do separately like the, if we have written our own we'd have gone in different directions it's just nice to just find that yeah. where do I oh, oh this is where our brains sit together and then you and then you find that specific weird thing right well um, if people wanted to find your material online uh, where would be best for them to to reach out to or check it out (laughs) pornhub.com that's a whole other sister app we're on all social media at Flo and Joan Um, we have a website floandjoan.com but it is right now it's a mess people keep emailing us telling us that our website doesn't work and we know we're going to fix it Um, so don't go there right now Um, and then we also have two albums out uh, The Kindness of Stranglers and Victory Flaps which are on uh, iTunes and Spotify and all music places yes yes thank you Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.